Let's lift our hands and just thank God just in a minute. Bless his holy name. And say, Oh,
We are grateful to you that these four past, past four months that we have been away from in-person services in church, you have been our God. You have been our shield. You've kept and protected us in our respective homes and communities. And today, the 2nd of August, by your grace, by your mercies, you have brought us together. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We pray that, Lord, may you have your way in our lives. Thank you that through the twists and turns of life, you have been gracious unto us. And we pray this morning that you minister your word unto us. Amen. Line upon line, Amen. precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little, that your people will be blessed and anointed in Jesus' precious name. Somebody say a big amen. amen. Well, give God a hand of praise, somebody. Glory to God. Amen. Okay, can you take your seat? Anyone take your Bible and say, this is my Bible. It contains the word of God. I am what he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I'm about to receive the fridge, unfailing word of God, which is able to save my soul and give me an inheritance in the kingdom of God. My life will never be the same, never, never the same in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's a wonderful thing. Um, I was just, as I was meditating, that God for about four months we've been away from, from church. And as we have come, what is a way that we, you do have for us? And uh, the Lord uh, has blessed us with a word, fulfilling your purpose. So somebody fulfilling your purpose. Now, the Lord has brought us into the eighth month of the year. Now, number eight means new beginnings. Someone say new beginnings and harvest. Normally, in, our, in, 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 in this part of the world, August is a time of harvest, uncommon harvest. Eh? And the fantasy call it zifu. That means eat in abundance. August is a time also of having a lot of fish. So this is a time we have a lot of fish. So harvest, August time is a, is a time of harvesting. It's a time of great increase. Amen. And in Isaiah chapter 42 verse 9, Isaiah 42 verse 9, Jesus, the Bible said, Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. So God is saying that former things have come and gone. Whatever it is that came into your life is past. And God says, I'm doing a new thing. Amen. And he said, before they even spring forth, I am telling you of them. So today God is telling you something. And then in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19 and 21, Isaiah 43, he said, remember ye not the former things. That's what he remember not the former things. Neither consider the things of old, for behold, I do a new thing. So God is saying, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And he says, I'll even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So that means that even in the desert of your life, God says that I will let rivers spring forth unto your life. Can I have an amen? amen. And why will God want to... So you realize that in this month, it's a month of harvest and it's a month of blessing. What will the Lord bless us with? He has promised us blessing. In Joel chapter 2 verse 19, the Bible says, God said, and it shall, be, it shall come to pass... 
He said, I will send you. Someone said, I will send you. Joel chapter 2. The Lord will answer. He said, I will send you corn and wine and oil. Amen. God says, I will send you corn. Someone say corn. Corn is talking about abundance of blessings or uncountable blessings. Because you can't count corn. You can't count grain. Is that right? Number two, I will give you wine. Wine is talking about unstoppable joy. When Jesus, the, in, in the very first miracle that Jesus performed in Canaan, it was to turn water into wine. And so wine is symbolism of joy. So what God is saying is that in this season, not only will I bring unto you uncountable blessings, but I also bring unto you new wine. Unstoppable joy. Joy unspeakable. And then number three, I will bring unto you oil. Somebody say oil. Oil is talking about favor. Oil is talking about favor. It's talking about beauty. And you realize that when the ladies finish bathing, they cream themselves. And oftentimes, the, you know, so the oil gives them a lasting effect, makes them look beautiful. And what God is saying is that, number one, I'm going to provide you with corn. That means uncountable blessings. Oh, you cannot count your blessings. Amen. And the, the songwriter said, count your blessings and name them one by one. And see what the Lord has done for you. And I believe that it's time for us to count our blessings. Amen. And number two, he said, I'll give unto you wine. And number three, oil. And you shall be satisfied therewith. That means that what I'm going to give to you, it will, will satisfy you. And I will, I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. That means that people are not going to laugh at you again. Unbelievers are not going to look down on you. In fact, I came to prophesy to you that none of your classmates can look down on you. Oh, you didn't hear me. You know, sometimes you meet your classmates and you want to dodge. So that you meet your classmates and you think that they've, got, they've become better than you. But I came to prophesy to somebody here with my eyes open, with the prophetic word of God in my mouth, as an anointed servant of God, that God Almighty is going to bless you so much Amen. that when you meet your classmates, you will not dodge. Amen. You will never feel inferior. Amen. But you know that the God that you serve has provided you with corn, has provided you with wine, and has provided you with oil, as he declared. And you will be satisfied with that. Can I have an amen? Yeah, that's what God is going to do in your life. Now, why will God do this for you? Because of his purpose for you. Remember that the Bible says that you were created for God's purpose. Amen. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, the reason why you are alive, somebody will ask God, you know, this corona season, a lot of things have happened. Some have passed. Many things have happened. How, why is it that God preserved my life through all these challenging times? Because of the fact that he has a purpose for your life. And he wants you to fulfill that purpose. He said, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor. Yes, God is worthy to receive glory. And that's why today, I, 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 I don't see why you can come to church and you stand out like you're, you don't know what is going on. God is worthy to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, including you. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. It means that God created you for his pleasure. Amen. You are created for his pleasure. The Bible says that the woman was created for the man. So the woman was created to pleasure the man. And 
Every human being was created to pleasure God. Can I have an amen? amen? So it means that if you've got something that you created or you bought and then you paid for it and it's not giving you that pleasure, then you better discard it. So if you don't want God to discard you, then it means that you must give God that pleasure. You must fulfill the reason why God created you. For thou hast created all things. So he created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Hmm. In Titus chapter 2 verse 14. Titus chapter 2 verse 14. The Bible says he has redeemed us. You know, he says that who gave himself for us, he might redeem, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So God purified us, redeemed us and purified us so that we become zealous of good works. May we become zealous of good works. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So we are God's workmanship. You know, when people, the artisans, when they work, they say workmanship. Is that not it? It means that first they ask you for the materials, building material. The, these are the materials. You pay for the material, but there are work that they do. So they call it workmanship. But we say that we are God's workmanship. And that we're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So remember that you have been created for some good works. So the question is that I, if I've been created for good works, am I involved in the good works? Am I doing the good works? Amen. Now, if Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, I want to give you something for you to know that there is a purpose for you to fulfill. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. So the conclusion of the whole matter is that what? Fear God and keep his commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And for this is the whole duty of man. So what is the whole duty of man? Fearing God and keeping his what? Commandments. And fearing God means what? Reverencing him. Respecting him, honoring him. When you fear somebody, you know, you love him and you want to do his wish. You do, want to do his biddings. May you do the biddings of God. Amen. And in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, the Bible says that, Colossians 1 16, for by him were all things created. That means that by God were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Somebody say, all things, including me, my family, my business, we were created by God and for him. Amen. No, we were created for something. Amen. Mobile phone is created for what? For making calls and for tests and other things. It was created for a purpose. The iPad was created for a purpose. You too, you are created for a purpose. That's why they have been created for a purpose. In Acts chapter 17, verse 27. Acts 17, 27. The Bible says that, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him. So we are to seek the Lord and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. So God wants us to seek him. We are created to seek him. Now, let's look at the final one. 
As Acts chapter 43, verse 21. Acts 43, 21. Acts 43, 21. Then we'll get into what I want to be. As I, this is just an introduction. Acts 43, 21. Amen. Yeah. So I've just tra been trying to let you know that you were created for a purpose. Okay. Now, Acts chapters. No. I think I might have missed out there. Go to, go to Azar. I'm sorry. It's Azar. Azar 43, 21. These people have I formed for myself. Eh? They shall show forth my praise. Hallelujah. So God has formed you for himself so that you show forth the praise of God. So that means that your actions, whatever you are doing, must be to the praise of God. That's what whatever I do must be to the praise of God. Amen. So it means that you have to, if to the praise of God, that means that God and you are created for God's purpose, that means that God has a story for your life. And in life, you have to make history. So I say make history. History is his story. History, when you divide it, history. History. So you must live by his story. That is the meaning of history. So you have to make history by obeying God and giving him pleasure. Fulfill his story. That is history in your life. Tell somebody, fulfill history in your life. Now, in life, there are those who read history, there are those who write history, and there are those who make history. There are those who read history. Mansa Musa, Ibn Batuta, Afazari of 722 BC, Ibn Hawkeye, Transatlantic Trade, whatever, they, they read history, and there are also the writers of history, and then there are also the makers of history. God doesn't just want you to read history. He doesn't want you to write history. He wants you to be part of those who make history. That's what I'm going to be part of those who make history. As a matter of fact, today, this morning, you are making history. By being part of our very first service here. Oh, you don't know what I said. You are making history. First Sunday morning. Hallelujah. In the Bible, there was somebody who just didn't read history, he, who just didn't read something, who just didn't write it, but he made history. And this man is called Josiah. Tell somebody, King Josiah. So let's go to 2 Kings chapter 22. 2 Kings chapter 22. And if you are in 2 Kings, you say, thank you, Jesus. If you haven't found it, say, Lord, have mercy. Second Kings chapter 22. Second Kings. Yeah, hallelujah. I'm already enjoying the preaching. Oh, I said I'm already enjoying the preaching. Now watch it. Let's read together. Second Kings chapter 22 verse number 1. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. Eight years means somebody like, is it Jonathan or uh, even less about Jonathan here? Yeah. Can you imagine Jonathan as king of Judah? And he reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah of Boscath. 
you know. And the uh, Bible says he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the way of David his father and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. May you walk right in the sight of the Lord. You see, you see, everybody, your life history is going to be written. And when they write your life history, may it be like King Josiah, that they say that you did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And that you walked in all the way of David, your father. David was the father of Israel. That's the reason why I, you know, of the kingship. Okay. Now let's continue. The Bible says that it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, the scribe to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hekiah the priest, that he may sum the silver which is brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the door have gathered of the people, and let them deliver into the hand of the doers of the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord, and let them give it to the doers of the work, which is the house of the Lord, to repair the breaches of the house unto the carpenters and builders and masons, and to buy timber and hewn stone. Howbeit there was no reckoning made with them of the money that was delivered into their hands, because they dealt faithfully. And Hilkiah the priest, high priest, said unto Japhan the scribe, I have found a book of the law. Someone say, I have found a book of the law. I found a book of the law in the house of the Lord, and Hekiah gave the book to Japhan, and he read it. And Japhan, and, and Shaphan, the scribe, came to, 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 to the king, and brought the king word again, and said, Your servants have gathered the money, and was found in the house, and delivered it in the hand of them that do the work, and that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan, the scribe, showed the king, saying, Hekiah, the priest had delivered me a book, and Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass, when the king had heard, verse 11, mark it, when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent his clothes. Wow. Now, when Josiah was eight years, he became a king. I want you to know that God can raise anybody at any age to use him. Hallelujah. Jeremiah was young when God called him. The three Hebrew boys were very young people. Daniel was a young person. Joseph was 17 years. David was 17 years. Moses was 18 years when God raised him up. So I want you to know that no matter how young and no matter how old you are, God is willing and ready to use you. Okay? Abraham was old and God used him. So God uses both the young and uses the old. And the Bible says that this Josiah walked in the way of God. But you see, just being committed, being a committed child of God is not enough. He walked in the way of God. But it's not just enough to be committed. You have to do more. Say somebody, do more. It's not enough to come to church. It's not enough to have your quiet time. It's not enough just to pay your tithes. You've got to do more. So tell somebody, do more. So when Josiah stayed on the throne, on the 18th year of his rule, he, he asked that there should be the repairing of the house of God. So they brought in the monies that had been taken to fix the house of God and put everything together. And in the process of doing that, they found the book of the law. 
And when they found the book of the law, the high priest, they read it. The high priest read it. And when they read it, the book was sent unto King Josiah. And when the book was read to him, he tore his clothing. Why will the king tore, I'm sorry, tear his robes? What was it cause him to tear his robes? That is what we are going to learn. There was something that he read that made him tear his clothes. It made him move from being just a committed man and he became a consumed man. He was consumed with passion. He moved from being an ordinary believer and he became a revivalist. And may that become your portion. You see, after reading the book, he changed. Every time after you read something, you must change. That's why when you read the Bible, you must change. You can't read the Bible and be the same. You can't read some good Christian literature and be the same. No, you can't do that. When you read something, you must change. When he read the thing, he changed. What did he read in the book that changed him and made him become a revivalist? Remember that the reason is that before Josiah was born, his purpose was prophesied by a man. Amen. And he, saw, he read and saw his purpose. So let's go to 1 Kings chapter 13 to see Josiah's purpose. What made him tell? 1 Kings 13. Now, verse 1. Behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Now this was long before King Josiah was born. Because David, David gave birth to Solomon. Is that right? So after David was Solomon, then after Solomon came Rehoboam. There's Reho and Jero. Uh, to know the difference, Re is right. He was the right person. Rehoboam. That was David's son, Rehoboam. But because Solomon sinned against God, God said, because of what you are, your kingdom shall be divided. But because of King David's sake, the whole kingdom was not taken away from David to preserve his name. So when he got to his son, that was where Rehoboam, that's when the kingdom got divided. So sometimes some things can be for you and it may, it may not necessarily be your fault, but your predecessors. That's why you have to pray that anything that constitutes curses and that wants to, to cause your life to wither, anything from your background, may the supernatural and superior forces of heaven intervene and to bring you breakthrough. Yeah. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Okay, so... Rehoboam couldn't maintain the kingdom and so Jeroboam eh, took a greater portion of it. 
So we are now at Jero. So Jero was long before King Josiah. So the Bible says that a man of God of, out of Judah came with the word of the Lord unto Bethel. Verse 2, let's read it. And he cried unto the altar in the word of the Lord and said, Oh, altar, altar, watch it. He cried, he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, Oh, altar, altar, thus saith the Lord. Behold, a child shall be born, watch it. Behold what? A child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name. And upon thee, upon you this altar, shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee. And men's bones shall be bent upon thee. And he gave them the, the same, he gave a sign the same day saying, this is a sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent and the ashes that are upon it shall it be poured out. Amen. Amen. So you can see that Josiah's name was in the scripture. Josiah's name was in the book of the law. Josiah's destiny had been prophesied. So when he read it, then he realized that the filth that was going on in Judah at that time, the idol worshipping, the worshipping of foreign gods, and the burning of evil incenses, all those things must stop. And that he, he, there was a prophecy regarding his life that he was the one to deal with it. That is why he said that, oh, altar, altar, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name. And upon thee shall he, Josiah, offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. Can I have an amen? Yeah. So what happened? Josiah saw his destiny. That's what Josiah saw his destiny. He saw his destiny written there. And he decided to live according to what had been written in the book. So when you see your destiny in the word of God, you must, you see, you read it and you must decide to do it. He saw it. And when he saw it, he didn't sit down. Because you can see something, but if you do nothing about it, you get no results. And so what he, did he do when he saw it? 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 1 to 5. Let's quickly do that. We're going to read a lot of things in 2 Kings. What King Josiah said. And the king sent, and they gathered unto him. See, so when he read from the book, in 2 Kings 22, he read the book, and he saw something. Bible says he tore his clothing. Why, why did he tear his clothing? The reason why he tore his clothing was the first Kings 13. Are you getting me? Yeah, the reason why he tore his clothing was because of what he had read earlier on, you know, in 1 Kings 13. What had been written in 1 Kings 13. That a king shall, somebody shall arise, Josiah by name. So when he saw himself, he said, no, I need to act. Tell somebody, I need to act. So what did he do? The Bible said, and the king that Josiah sent, and they gathered unto him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. Watch it. And the king went 
up into the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him and the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant which was found in the house of the Lord. So he read what was in the scripture. Verse number three, and the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with, with, with all their heart and all their soul and to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book and the people stood to the covenant. Why? He had, what he read, he was reading it to them. Okay, now, when you jump to the verse number 14, 14 and to 18, the Bible says that, and he broke in pieces the images. So what was written about him, he's not executing it. He broke in pieces the images and cut down the groups and filled their places with the bones of men. And remember that in 1 Kings 13, he says that upon you altar, the bones of the priests shall be there. Verse 15, and moreover the altar that was at Bethel and the high place which Jeroboam the son of Nebat, have you, we read about Jeroboam earlier on, the son of Nebat who made Israel to sin. May you not be known as somebody who made some people to sin. Jeroboam was known as, in fact, the whole scripture, every time they mention Jeroboam's name, he was known as the one who made Israel to sin. The reason was that when the kingdom was divided, he had a greater portion of the kingdom. But he still thought that the people will run, will go after Rehoboam. Because Rehoboam was the original king. And he was the rebel king. But somehow God has sanctioned him because of the fact that Solomon has sinned against God. But in order to keep the people away from going to Jerusalem to go and worship, he set up an idol elsewhere so that the people will not go. So he turned the heart of the people onto the idol instead of turning the heart of the people onto God because of the fear of losing his kingship. And sometimes that's what people do. When they want to manipulate people and control them and use them, you realize that they end up turning them away from God. And that is why he is known as the one who made Israel to sin. So anytime you read your Bible and see that, that's the background. He made both the, that altar. Watch it. So you see, Jeroboam made that altar in the high place. And then the Bible says that he, Josiah, broke down. And he burned the high place and stamped it small to powder and bend the groove. Verse 16. And as Josiah turned himself, he spied the sepulchres that were there in the mount and sent and took the bones out of the sepulchres and burned upon the altar. And have you read that earlier on, First Kings 13, we read about the burning of things on the altar and, and polluted it according to the word of the Lord which the man of God had proclaimed. In 1 Kings 13, which he read. Amen. Verse 17 and 18, let's do it quick. Then he said, what title is that that I see? And the men of the city told him, it is a sepulcher of the man of God, which came from Judah and proclaimed these things that thou hast done against the altar of Bethel. So there was even an evidence of the person who prophesied. 
his tomb was there, his sepulchre. And then he said, let him alone. Let no man move his bones. So they let his bones alone with the bones of the prophet that came out of Samaria. Hallelujah. Amen. And now jump to verse number 19. 19. And it says, and all the houses also of the places that were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made to provoke the Lord to anger, Josiah took away and did to them according to all the acts that he had done in Bethel. So Josiah was a cleaner. He made sure that evil was wiped away. Verse 20. And he slew all the priests of the high places that were there upon the altars. Have you seen it? Which you have read. And burned men's bones upon them and returned to Jerusalem. Wow. Hallelujah. So you see, what he read about himself Eh? What he read about himself, that made him to tear his clothing in 2 Kings 22. Where did he read it from? He read it from 1 Kings 13, that recorded 13. So in 2 Kings 23, he started executing those things. So whatever you read about yourself in the Bible, you must believe it and you must begin to act on it. Josiah was born for a purpose. So when all the rot was going on, God had pre-planned that I am going to let somebody come and become a king in order to deal with these things. And you will never know why at such a time God has made you to become alive. You were born. Like Mordecai told uh, Queen Esther, you never know that such a time that you have become a queen so that for the deliverance of Israel. But if you don't do it, God will raise another person, but you'll be the one to suffer. So if you don't fulfill your purpose, at the end of the day, you are also going to be judged. So may we fulfill our purpose. I said, may we fulfill our purpose. And you can only fulfill your purpose when you know or you get to see yourself in the book. When Josiah saw his destiny in the book, he changed his lifestyle according to what is written. And so when you also see your purpose in the book, you must change your lifestyle. Do you see your name? You see, he saw his name. Do you see your name in the book? Yes, your name is in the book. How do I know your name is in the book? Exodus chapter 23, 25 and 26. He says, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and water. So you put your name there. Kwesi, Ajua, Thomas. Lucky shall serve the Lord and he, God, shall bless his bread and water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. So put your name there. Your name is there. You are there. And you shall serve. You. You are the you. So, and Kwesi shall serve. So you, you personalize it. Kwesi shall serve. Beauty shall serve. Ajua shall serve. The Lord, my God, and he shall bless my bread and my water. Josiah saw the word and he activated it to let it work for him. Are you understanding that? Now, in Job chapter, it, uh, uh, verse 26 says that, Exodus 23, 25, 26, that, and there shall nothing cast their young nor be buried in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. This is the prophetic word for you. 
in Job chapter 22, verse 28 and 29, the Bible says that thou shalt decree a thing. So you write, Kwesi, Kobina, Kojo, I, Kojo, shall decree or declare a thing, and it shall be what? Established unto me, and the light shall shine upon my way. And 28 says that, and when men are cast down, I shall say, there is a lifting up. So you realize that your, your name is in the book. Your purpose is in the book. That's why my name is in the book. Isaiah 54, 17 and 13. What does Isaiah 54, 17 and 13 say? Is that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So no weapon formed against Ruth. No weapon formed against Ruby shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up in judgment against me, I, Ruby, shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servant. So I'm a servant of God. Yeah. Psalm 112, verse 2 and 3. Then Psalm 113, 7 to 9. Quickly. Psalm 112. His seed. When you start from verse number 1, start from verse 1 so you can understand. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. So you say, I fear the Lord. And I delight greatly in his commandment. Because you fear the Lord, what is the reason? What will happen to you? His seed, my seed, shall be mighty upon the earth. So because you fear the Lord and you trust in the Lord, you say, my seed shall be mighty. If your seed will be mighty, it means that you will marry and you have seed and your seed will be mighty. Yeah. And verse 3 says that wealth and riches shall be in his house. That means that wealth and riches shall be in my house. Psalm 113, verse 7 to 9. He raises the poor out of the dust. So if I am poor and you put your name there, that people are laughing at you that you are poor, then remember that, listen to me, Jesus came to take away our poverty so that we'll walk in his riches. That's the reason why on the cross, they took away his clothes. He was made poor on the cross. He had nothing to eat. He had nothing to drink. They even took away his clothes so that we will become rich. And Bible said, he raises up the poor out of the dust and leaves the needy out of the dunghill. So if I'm needy, I'm coming out of the dunghill. He will raise the poor out of the dust. And verse 8 and 9, that he may set him with the princes. So from today, I am working with princes. That means that I'm working within the corridors of power. And verse 9 says that he maketh the barren woman to keep house and to become a joyful mother of children. To keep house means that you to be married. So I will marry and I will be a joyful mother of children. Your name is in the book. That's only my name is in the book. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 18. Mark 16, 15 to 18. Are you here with me? Mark 16. And the Bible says that he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach to every creature. Preach the gospel to every creature. He said to them. Someone said, he said to them. So he said to, he said to, about you say? He said to Eben. He said to Kofi. He said to Fredo. He said to Zoe. He said to them. So put your name. I am the them. Someone said, I am the them. Yeah. Anywhere you see the them, put your name there. Put your name there. He said to them. He said to them. Go into all the world. So it means that I am to go into all the world and do what? And gossip? No. Preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature means poor, rich, old, young. This is our commission. Verse 
16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Have you believed? Yes. And so you are what? Saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. And then verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. So these signs shall follow Kojo. These signs shall follow Michael. Someone said, these signs shall follow them. I am the them. These signs shall follow them that believe. Them that believe. Say, I am a believer. So what will happen to those who believe? In my name, they shall cast out devils. So in the name of Jesus, I shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And that's the reason why we speak in tongues. Kalaba, Limara, Shaba, because we are believers. But not only that. You see, I told you that it is only when you see. You see, when you read the book, you should, not, you should no more become a committed Christian, but you must be a consumed Christian. You should not just be somebody who is just a believer. You must become a revivalist. Hallelujah. You must become a revivalist. When I read this, when I was a young person, that is what actually took me. As a young person, I started preaching. Go to, I used to walk. I will, I will walk from Kolebu Road to, to, to Calvary Baptist to church, and sometimes I will walk all the way to Kokomlemle, to Kotobabi, to Pig Farm, you know, and beyond to go and do follow-up, walking on the sun and going back. Why? Because of the fact that God has commissioned us go and preach the gospel and not, those days there was not even nothing like sachet water that when you are thirsty, so no water on the way for you. And if you go to the house there, you are not received. You are going back with your test. And more so, even there was no money in the pocket to even go and buy any whatever. But the zeal for the Lord, because we saw ourselves in the book. Amen? That was what led us into rural evangelism and running into the bushes, going to places like Sandema, Tumu, and the ex environs. You can walk from morning to evening going to some places to go and preach. And that is what, by the grace of God, has brought us this far in the preaching of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because we saw, amen, we saw our name. What I am doing, I saw my name. Amen. You know, Josiah, they prophesied about him. I was prophesied over. When I was born, I was prophesied. A prophet took me, he said, you are going to preach. And he spat, actually, he literally spat into my mouth. He said, you preach. You preach. The gospel. And interestingly enough, when we are going to start out this ministry, I was in a meeting somewhere, and a man of God called me and said that, and described the prophet who prophesied over my life when I was a baby. I was, because I didn't even know. It was when I grew up that I was told that this was what happened. And the prophet prophesied and said, I see this man, and he described the man with his white hair and beard, everything. And he said, he spat into your mouth. And when he spat into your mouth, you turn like you are like a river that is flowing. And I see my ministry as like a river that washes the lives of people that, you know, and, and to, I mean to cleanse sin. And then when people's lives are drooping and they are going down, they begin to flourish. That's it. So I am fulfilling my purpose. 
I'm fulfilling my... So I'm not standing here. I'm not doing what I'm doing because of, of the fact that I just want to start a church or do... No, 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 no. By the grace of God, I went to school. <laughs> Amen? Most of the professors around, they are my, my friends, my classmates. I told you, the vice chancellor in Legon, he was sleeping here, I was sleeping here. Yes. I don't want to mention some names, but most of them, they're all my, they say, we went to school. Amen? Yeah. yeah. But, you see, you don't just have to try to do something to, to be known and to be accepted by society, but the one who created you, what is his reason and his purpose for you? There's been many times that as I, 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 I travel, people say, stay here. I have, I have family outside the country. And I have friends that they say, stay here. It's this place. I remember one time in, 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 in Holland, one white guy, many years ago, about 20 years, he said, is this place not better than Africa? I hear you are going to Africa. Stay here with us. I said, I don't want to say. He didn't understand why I was coming back to Africa because of the purpose. I've seen myself in the book. You must see yourself in the book. And when you see yourself in the book, it changes your lifestyle. You see, the moment you see yourself in the book, it changes your lifestyle. It changes your friends. Amen? Yeah. I, I mean, at a point in time, I wanted to become a pop star. Yes. I, was, I used to dance Wilson Pickett, James Brown. In fact, at the university, they used to call me Jesus James Brown. I could sing, hey, hey, I feel all right one time, huh? Hey, hey, I mean, I was, I mean, oh my goodness, I would wake up, sleep, I would dance and jump and somersault and everything. I was, I was a good entertainer. I don't think Shatter would have come. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, but you must follow your purpose. That's what you follow the purpose. So ladies and gentlemen, don't just read about the purpose, but you must follow the purpose. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall what? They shall, they shall cast out devils. So it's a season for casting out devils. You shall speak with new tongues. Verse 18 says that they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. This is the passion that takes you into the supernatural. You see, you can walk around as an ordinary Christian. Let me tell you, do you know how I got into the miracle ministry? It was when I started reading some of those things that after that, I remember very well that one day I was going to preach. Those of you know uh, Abetifi, there's a place called Avotrain, eh? uh, Abetifi Vocational Training. And I was going to minister. And on the way, early morning as I was going, I met a deaf and dumb woman. And then I had read the scripture that I will lay hands on the sick, the sick shall recover, I will cast out demons. So I went and laid hands, and then as I laid hands, I said, in Jesus' name, you foul, damp, deaf, and dumb spirit, come out. Say, no, say, mommy, come, amen. I say, amen. Say, hallelujah. Right there, the woman, the ears were unstopped. She began to hear, she began to speak, a crusade started. As I was going, a crusade started. Seeing cripples walk, Blind seeing, it was a passion because I saw it in the book. I saw, I saw it in the book. And because I saw it in the book, I knew it was possible. And so you must read it. And not only read it, 
But you must work it. And when you work it, you will get it. Tell somebody, read it, do it, and get it. Amen. So from today, I want you to know that Josiah brought revival into the entire nation and that God can use you and God will use you to also bring revival. Listen to me as I bring my message to a close. There's a reason why God has preserved your life. You could have gone. Are you getting me? And God wants to use you to change many lives. God wants to use you. God, number one, wants you yourself to change your ways. Change your ways. You see, when you are playing football, eh, when, during the pandemic, I mean the, the peak of whatever was going on, the Lord just spoke to me that what we're going through is like a football match that you go on a break. And after the break, you are given a second half. And the second half will determine whether you win the match or not. But during the break, that's the time to assess your life. Find out how you play the match. What mistakes did you make? For, so, so for some of us, some preachings we should have preached. Some prayers we should have been praying. Church we should have been coming on time. Things we should have been doing that we never did. Offerings we should have given. Good things we should have said. Things we said that we shouldn't have said. We must move away from those kind of lifestyles. Certain behaviors. Certain attitudes. Because you know sometimes when you start the match, you think that we are just going to score, but you don't know that your opponents, when they get you, they will, they will just finish you up. So you just, then you'll be playing. Then you'll be playing. Before I realize, the opponent has taken the ball and scored you three goals. So by the time it's halftime, you, you are three down. If you want to win the match, you must go and assess yourself and say that, look, I think I was like a Jessica. I think I didn't behave well. And so I better now stand up and then also watch the opposition, the opposing team. And so now re-strategize so that we can beat them up. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe that God wants you to have divine crowns. God wants you to be especially spe blessed. And God is giving us opportunity to re-strategize and relive our lives so that we can fulfill his purpose. So that one day when we stand before him, he will say to us, thou good and faithful servant, come down into my rest. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. I know we need shoes. We need clothing. We need houses. We need them. But we are not taking them anywhere. I'm sure the pandemic told you about that. During the lockdown, when all your nice shoes, you were there, you couldn't wear them. When the ladies' wigs, hmm? wigs were not selling. Because why are they taking the wigs? All the wigs were removed. Everybody. The ladies who wear the corset and whatever, we saw now how your stomach was looking. Yeah. Yeah. The thing now, okay. are you loose? What can I lose? You go and I say, what can I say? Miaminio, miaminio. Everything. We saw who you really are. And one day, who you really are. You see, most of the time, when we go out, we all pretending. It's pretenses. Pretenses. But God sees us for real. And let's come before him in repentance. We change of heart and say, Lord, Whatever I should have done that I didn't do, forgive me. Show me mercy and give me the, another opportunity that I will live for you well. Any wrong things that I said, 
Forgive me. Any mistakes, in any way that I became a stumbling block, how do you become a stumbling block? By lowering somebody in your eyes. Letting somebody fall in your eyes and the eyes of others by the things you say, by your attitude. And remember, listen to me, more especially when it comes to the things of God. The house of God is never for any human being. The church of God is never for any human being. Jesus said you cannot kick against a brick. Why should you have the opportunity? Use your life for God. Do everything for the Most High God. And like Josiah, when you see your name in the book, don't just be a believer. Become a revivalist. When you see your name in the book, don't just be a committed Christian, but be consumed by it. Flow with it. Let the power of God move in your life. I believe that this is a time to invite our friends back to the Lord our families, our relations and say, Lord, use me. Touch me and use me. Give me another opportunity that my life will bring praise and glory to you. Assuming you had died, what would have happened to you? If I, are you even sure you'd have gone to heaven? And what crowns would you have gotten? And how would your accounts in heaven be like? So I believe that God is giving us an opportunity for all of us. And listen to me, whether I like it, you may leave your husband, you may leave your wife, or your children or children will leave you whichever way. So don't never say that because of my husband, because of my wife, because of my children, because of my parents, because of my friends, I didn't do what I had to do. Every one of us will stand before the judgment throne of God. So today is a day of decision that I will love God and I will serve him with all my heart. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. You want to lift your hand and talk to God just in a minute and say, Lord, touch my life. Lord, I give you my heart. I give, give you my, my soul. I live for you alone. Heavenly Father, Father, I come to you just as I am. I come, I come to you just, just as, as I am. I've made many mistakes. I've made, made many mistakes. mistakes. But today, but today, from the preaching, from the preaching, I know my name is in the book. I know my name is in the book. Give me the grace. Give me the grace to fulfill my destiny. To fulfill my destiny. Regarding what you have written for me. Regarding what you have written for me. Touch my life. Touch my life. Anoint me. Anoint me. Give me the boldness. Give me the boldness. The courage. The courage. And the tenacity. And the tenacity. 
to hold on. To hold on. And to do what you have called me to do. And to do what you have called me to do. Have your way in my life. Have your way in my Say, life. Say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I want you. Lord, I want you. Let me not just read history. Let me not just read history. Write history. Write history. But may I make history. But may I make history. May my life. May my life. Be history. Be history. To make your story. To make your story. Have your way in my life. Have your way in my life. Amen. Amen. If you are here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him. You may have been coming to church, okay, but you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. Today is a day of salvation. Now is the time to repent. I want to raise the right hand wherever you are, and I want to pray with you. that or You might have given your life to Jesus already, but you know you are not being dedicated the way you ought to. Today, God wants you to become dedicated to him. Raise your right hand, and I want to pray with you wherever you are. In the name of Jesus. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to walk up to me right in front here. Walk up to me. Walk up to me. Come to the altar. God bless you. Come to me. Come to me. Yeah, just kind of stand here. Amen. Just stand here. Amen. And I want you to raise your right hand. Your hand. And I want to pray. Pray and let's all join them to pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I come to you just as I am. I, come to you just I accept as I am. the fact that I, the fact I am a sinner and, and I cannot save myself. But you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sake. Lord Jesus, come and save my heart. Be my king, my Lord and my master. I turn my back to sin and I receive you as my king and my all. Thank you, Father, for loving me. In Jesus' precious in Jesus name. Precious. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for these precious ones. I pray that they'll be planted in your house and flourish in your cause. Let your grace and your glory be their portion. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.